beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. This is your boy Sam and we're doing something a little bit different. Um so I have chosen an episode, right? An old episode from ours from season 1 and uh I want us to go back and take a listen to it. Um I have some additional thoughts um that I want to bring to the conversation. Um just in case though y'all have not had a chance to listen to the episode, I want you to take a beat, listen to the episode. Um, also keep in mind, I think we recorded this like January, like seventh or eighth or something like that. So these are raw emotions, um, and all of that. Um, but thanks for listening. Thanks for rocking with us. Check out this episode. I'm going to come on at the end and I'm going to add some thoughts and just kind of talk about where I am now, um, regarding this instance, uh, or this episode. Uh, so the episode that I chose is the chaos at the Capitol episode from January 6th, <laughs> uh, hence the January 6th date I dropped earlier. Um, uh, so, uh, without further ado, check out the episode and I will be right by. <laughs> been in a relationship with like oh well technically he didn't tell them to do that i'm like what type of do we need the, the the president to literally say i want you guys to storm in and break the capital to hold him accountable he's the president of the can we have at least the level that we would expect uh the level of accountability that we would hold a shift supervisor at a footlocker can we hold the president to that level at least yeah. like is that can we do that please Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Three Black Men. I am Rob. I'm Trey. I'm Sam. What's happening? <laughs> what's happening? So, <laughs> you know exactly what's happening. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Hallelujah. So we wanted <laughs> to have this special pod to discuss the recent events of the past year. I mean, week. Um, <laughs> of 2021 i see what you did there truly um and uh specifically the events that happened in around the capitol building and so here we are so my first Ooh. question i know yeah it's a lot so we wanted to take a minute to exhale breathe and talk with one another and um bring you into our own wrestlings so my first question for us is, what did you think about uh, the events that happened on Wednesday was, right? Yeah, yeah. What what were your, Wednesday seems about right. Yeah, so what were your initial thoughts as you saw people storming the Capitol building? Uh, give it to us. My initial thought, oh, I was, I was, I was, 
I was looking for a black person in the crowd, and I was relieved when I didn't see one anytime soon. Like it was, it was, it was, it was a long <laughs> while. Like scrolling through the internet, the Twitter feed before we seen like a couple of black people peppered into the crowd, and I was like, "Whoo!" That that sigh of relief right there. You know, like anytime you know that that thing you do when, when you hear a new story, off, yeah, you're like was it? Oh yes, yeah, it was a nice yeah. Well. And then I thought I was before, the only one that did it. Absolutely not, bro. That's 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 in the DNA. And 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 if you didn't know that black people do that, like now you know. And black people are not a monolith. But all I'm saying is, most of black people I know, like we have that moment. Yeah, uh, and we was all mad at the DC sniper. Yes, oh, true. Yeah, oh man. Oh, tell me that's about. a topic I was in for a different day. But yes. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. But but right. yeah, I remember like the longer I went without finding that black person, the funnier it became to me because I felt like I got to like it. It, it didn't. The seriousness of the situation didn't really resonate with me for honestly a couple of days. Like I knew it was a big deal, but like the historical implications and stuff didn't happen until like my my like history hobby started kicking in. But like honestly, to me, it was just so it was funny at a point. Like, what are y'all planning on doing? Like, what are you what do you what are you there? What do you think is about to happen? Like you just about to scare them into making Donald Trump president. And that part made me laugh. Cause I'm like, we've been in these streets for like since 2014 at least trying to get them to stop killing black people and that ain't work so how y'all think y'all about to take a whole presidency <laughs> right that was that was that was initial for me that, that was where i started out at that's not where i'm at right now all the way it's still kind of funny to me in parts but but initially that, that, that that's that's where i was yeah yeah i'll go next uh so for me when i saw it <sighs> If I'm honest, it was comical at first because as I saw the things unfolding, I I just truly did not think that the Capitol building could be breached. So it's not just me. Okay. Truly. Yeah. So I I saw a bunch of salty people mad about the 2020 election. So for me, I was thinking, whoo white supremacy going white supremacy so and uh but as uh i saw things unfolding i it went from comedy to horror really quickly and uh for me it was it was scary i i think and we can talk about this in a minute this is what i expected from the Trump presidency by the end. Um, But it was one thing to see it unfolding in real time, seeing the danger of white supremacy um, lived out unfolding. But these are the things that we've been talking about. So my initial thought was comedy, then horror, then I cannot believe they in the building. I mean, they, (laughs) and on the comedic note, did did we see uh Peter Parker's in the play scaling the building? Man. I mean, are we scaling buildings? <laughs> right next to the stairs though. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> we are scaling. <laughs> oh man. Like why I didn't would know you... white supremacy gives superpowers. I was we scaling buildings. Hey, you seen here. the one with the dude who fell, like why he was scaling the joint and they put the Mario music to the and they said, Oh no. Oh, father. So anyway, oh. so that was that was me. That was my initial thoughts. Samuel, what about you? Um, so for me, it hit me uh, a bit different. Um, I mean, when I first heard about it before I saw anything, I, 
I didn't know what to expect. It's like, oh, people, you know, I see it, saw it trending on Twitter. And then I started seeing videos. And the very first video that I saw was like just people pushing past, breaking in windows to open the door. And all I could think was in, um, I mean, if you search my Twitter feed and it's public information, you'll find out uh, I'm a convicted felon. And so for me, all I could think was, is when, when you thought I did something like even after, even after I'd already paid my debt to society and I, and I'll do a video on Patreon um, to give context. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, to that, but even in, when you thought I did something, you had no problem with blocking off traffic and taking me to jail. Mm. But these folks went home, right? They went back to their hotels. They hung out in the lobby, like drinking coffee, like nothing, right? Uh, Walking out with mail. That's a federal offense. Mm. You can't steal mail. You can't do that. Taking people's personal property or federal property and they go home to their mom's basement, to wherever, right? Running, running their, running their, uh, their, their businesses or whatever. Yeah. But somebody that looks like me, you have no problem stopping them, detaining them, and Khalif Browning them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who yeah. Khalif Browner is, he sat in jail for a long time just for accusations. Yeah. Three years he sat, couldn't bond out. Yeah. He got out and eventually he committed suicide because it was too much for him to take. Yeah. The abuse he suffered, the mental abuse. And see, it's more so I'm upset because you had no problem mentally abusing me for something that you just thought I did, right? You just wanted to clear your desk and was like, you know what? We know him. Mm. We seen him before. Mm. But these folks... You watched them with with your own eyes. You have cell phones. You probably use social media. You see this and y'all don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So for me, initially, I see all of that and I'm like, so the only people above the law are white people. And so the knee jerk reaction for me was. Don't hate white people. It ain't all their fault. So I had to I had to talk that out. I really had to talk that out. Do a lot of praying and 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 seek some professional help on that one. No, that's real. That's yeah, that's real. really real. That's really real. Because even when you talked about like the only people being above the law, like one of the as I started thinking through this and the historical implications and everything on um, the, the sociological implications, I was thinking about the concept of um Kelly Brown Douglas talks about it in a book called Stand Your Ground. Um, and 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 uh, she talks about whiteness being this cherished property where every where white people are, they view it like it is their right to be there. And it was so interesting to see all these people holding Blue Lives Matter flags, ordering the police around like it was their personal security. Like, nah, you need to move because I want to be in here. Um, and and that that was that was weird. Like, I tried not to make it a race thing off rip, but it was inevitable. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it was, yeah. Like, you couldn't, couldn't help it. Like, it. my my yeah. dad. Real quick, I'm sorry, real quick. My, no, my dad, 20, 25 years, he was he was a, a deputy right here in Florida. And one of the things he told me, you know, it was about um, physical movement and not, you know, not being aggressive physically. 
And when I saw a video of them literally punching the glass behind the police, the police are standing in front of them and they're punching the glass around the police. That's a, that's, that's physical movement towards them. Right. Even though, and, and then I saw them grab some hands and like try to grab them by the arm and like move, move. And I'm like, you're physically touching them. So now like all of these federal, like all of these charges are piling up and the police eventually just stepped aside. What yeah. is that? Yeah. It's, it was absolutely insane. And I think to what you guys are saying, it was impossible not to see the racial implications and to not make it about race because one, there were there was um, a set of gallows and a noose yeah. erected on, oh. uh, on Capitol proper. With so, a sign that said, this is art. Yes. And then you had the one guy who had the Camp Auschwitz uh, shirt on mm. and you saw the confederate flag uh, walking through the chambers the yeah. Yeah. and then you you heard a star spangled banner being sung as they were breaking in the glass so you would have to be a fool to not notice that the America that they are fighting for isn't one that would would have kumbaya and hand-holding for Black people. Um, You notice the race of 99% of the people breaking in the building. You notice Black guards getting beat down. So so yes, I I think anyone who would say, why does this have to be about race? Literally just is not, (laughs) they're not looking at what's going on. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you. Uh, and that, I have a question with that is, so now we talked about what our initial thoughts were and we talked about the, this racial piece. So that kind of segues to what have you thought about since that day? What has been kind of sitting with you over the past couple of days? Um, and it can be anything. What have you been thinking about, praying about? Yeah, um, I always feel like I end up jumping on these questions first, but whatever. <laughs> it's okay. Like he's nah, you good, man. It's you okay, good, Pastor Troy. Let's go, <laughs> Trey. <laughs> right. It's hard to follow so, you sometimes, but go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's what I've been sitting around, because I, I mentioned eventually, like, I'm, uh, I wasn't a history major or nothing yet. I'm, I might, I might go get a degree in that eventually. But let's I'm, go. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm a history buff, potentially, uh, or particularly in American history, like fanatic. I love reading about like civil war reconstruction, all that stuff, mm-hmm. sometimes up to like the civil rights movement and everything. Um, but seeing patterns and things like that, and especially me growing up in Richmond, Virginia, the capital of the Confederacy, I am acutely aware of the fact that these Confederate flags we see flying around are the banners of losers who lost a war 150 years ago. That's right. For a That's regime right. that lasted four years. That's it, four years. Four years, four years. Um, and you gotta be a monumental loser to be holding a grudge that long, right? Oof. And I don't see that I don't I don't mean that to be like harsh, like this is this is actually describing Just what fast. happened. Nah, yeah. I say that. And and <laughs> and I'm thinking about the fact that coming out of that, like 
resounding defeat, the humiliation that all of these people felt, right? Like the former Confederates, people who went to war thinking they were fighting for their states and all of that stuff. Um, the the anger that they felt as the federal government came was like, no, you need to restructure some things. And that's when uh, you started seeing the first black people from the South going to Congress during reconstruction and things of that nature. And the moment that ended, with Rutherford B. Hayes' election, right, the compromise that, that allowed him to get the electoral votes to become president around 1870, uh, I forget exactly what year, 77, I think. But that's when Reconstruction ends and you see the birth of Jim Crow. <laughs> you see the resurgence of, of Klan violence all during this time and everything. And how all of these people so mad that they lost, that they cannot have their way, that that people who they disagree with uh, seem to have won the day. Um, the anger that they felt ended up being taken out on black people. And I say all of that, I provide all of that context because a few like months ago, I talked about the fact that I don't think that we're gonna see these Trump flags go away. I think just like we saw, uh, see Confederate flags flying, even though it's not the flag of the nation, that was a battle flag. That's not even what the Confederate flag country flag looked like. It, it's not what it looked like, but I, right. I we still see those flags flying for a regime that lasted for four years. Trump was in office for four years. I don't think those flags are going away because first of all, political candidate flags aren't a thing. That's very uniquely Trump like phenomenon. And that's something that, that people view as an identifier about what they stand for and what they represent. Like they like the flag for that reason. I'm like, I don't think those are going away because the Confederate flag and the Trump flag actually communicate the same exact message for the most part. Um, and somebody was like, no, I think, I think you're wrong. I think you're exaggerating about that, Trey. And I was like, no, I don't think so. This is a few months ago. And now I'm looking at it like, oh, snap, these people are ticked off. So where my mind went to after stuff stopped being funny, well, not stop being funny, because it's still funny to me. <laughs> but like after, after I started processing, it's like, what are these people going to do? And who are they going to do it to? Mm. <laughs> because last time it literally took the protection of federal troops to keep black people from getting slaughtered in the streets at night. Well, um, <laughs> now, are, are we heading back there? It's history about to repeat itself. That, that that's, that's where things went for me as I started like reflecting on this. And you talk about what I had to pray through. Um, it was a moment where I, I, I had to go into my prayer closet and pray for like a national reckoning and pray to all of these people who, who seem to have been waking up in the wake of these George Floyd and uh, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery murders uh, last year. All those people, I, I need you to be about what you said you've been about and all this learning and all this reconstruct, uh, reconstructing you're doing. I need you to be about that in this moment because that that what happened in the Capitol is not an isolated incident. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think for me, I was hurt. I think the next day I woke up, I think I posted on Twitter uh, that my soul hurt and I wasn't expecting that. And mm -hmm. I cried a majority of the morning, um, which in and of itself isn't usual. I, I cried for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> you know, I'm happy, sad, uh, affirmed, <laughs> whatever. Um, but uh, these, this was grief uh, coming through me and these were grief tears. And I think to Sam's earlier point, knowing that black people haven't been given, given that benefit of the doubt uh, hurt me. And I started to think about Breonna Taylor and Elijah McClain specifically. And um, 
those two lives have not left me since they died. Um, out of all the black people that have been killed, um, yeah, they specifically have, have hurt me, especially Elijah's last words. Um, I say that they haunt me and they do. Um, I think about them often. And um, as I saw more and more videos come out and saw the restraint that the police officers had, towards people literally storming the most, one of the most secure buildings in our country. Allegedly one of the most secure. Yeah, well, clearly, I mean, clearly it wasn't. So it's not even allegedly. Yeah, clearly. It's not white people proof. It's not, clearly. Abracadabra, open open sesame. I'm just saying, when we was there trying to protest in George Floyd, they made sure it was, never mind. Hey, you're right. And, um, and so seeing uh, the care that uh, the Capitol Police had for some of the individuals, seeing a white woman walked down the stairs out of the building, uh, hand-holding one of the officers, seeing the selfies. And all I could think as I prayed and cried was, I wish that Elijah had been able to meet the police with this level of restraint and care and love. And uh, it hurt me. I it still hurts me. Um, I just seeing naked white supremacy on display, and through a multitude of videos, hurts my soul. Knowing that if I meet the police um, in my city, uh, I will not be given that same benefit of the doubt, and um, that hurts me. And so. Honestly, my soul is pierced. I, I, I think knowing that, P, to Sam's earlier point too, is people were able to go have a cup of coffee afterwards. They were able to fly home. They were able to do, I mean, a dude grabbed a, a podium and walked out of there. I mean, people had paramilitary gear, zip ties. I mean, it was, <laughs> yo, yeah. it was wild. So. I've been sitting with that and sitting with every video I've been, every video that is continued to release has been continuing to be released. I've, I've made myself sit with the video and commune with God and like view the horror and the terror. Um, there's something about that, that I feel like I have to commune with God in mm -hmm. um, and not just move past it or become numb to it. So that's me. Oh man. Um, so for me, uh, first, I you when you I saw your post, Rob, and when you posted those Elijah McCain words or Elijah McClain words, um when he said um I'll change who I am, that broke me because he was willing to give up his own identity to be given a chance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he was willing. Yeah. And for me, like, if I were to say that, that would be like me saying, I'll stop being black. And so like that right there. And I read that to my wife, bro. And we both had a moment where it was just like, it was surreal. You know what I'm saying? For, for a person to be under such distress mentally, physically, you know what I'm saying? To say, like, I'll change who I am. Like, I'll stop being me if you just 
relax just a little bit, just ease up and I'll stop being, I'll stop being me. I'll be who you want me to be if, if you just relax. And that's terrible. You know what I'm saying? That anybody would have to come to that. So I'm sorry, that was uh, uh, a side um, thing because that kind of moved me. No, you're good. Uh, but as far as where I've been um, since then, man, I, I, I've had to stop watching videos that aren't funny. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I, I've, I really had to uh, just for my own mental health yeah, uh, and, and my own heart really yeah too um i've been doing a lot a lot of praying uh, a lot of physical work um because i tend to get for me i feel like i get good quality time with god um when i'm doing something with my hands Mm -hmm. um so i've been doing a lot of a lot of physical work uh around here and uh just been praying it out because um there are people that i love that would have been given the same opportunity that those people were given that are white. Um, I'll just say that, like, there are people that I absolutely love that are white. And I can't bring myself to feel like I just got to hate you now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I I don't, that's not loving my neighbor. That's not, that's not being consistent with what I want to see from community, like, as a community, white people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, So really just trying to there's this sort of like, how long God, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like there was a moment where I was like, Lord, if you just come back, <laughs> if you come back right now, like everything will be so much better. Right. And I know I don't have to worry about my kids future. I don't have to worry about my sons and how they might be perceived in society because Jesus came back and it's all good. You know what I'm saying? So I've had a roller coaster of emotions, but I, I'm in a much better place. Much yeah, I better think place. one important, and I'm, I'm gonna try to hit this one quick. One important aspect you just brought up, you said you had to avoid the videos for your mental health. Um, and you specifically said videos that aren't funny. And I was sitting there like literally in tears laughing at a couple of points because because people was really cutting up. And I think it's important to recognize that a lot of those jokes, I won't say all of them, but a lot of them come from a place where we have to laugh to keep from crying. Because sitting there meditating on those events, like it becomes easy. Like I was sitting there incredulous, like the the unmitigated audacity. And then in the aftermath, all of the stuff that people came at, at, at Black Lives Matter protesters and all that for doing and, and saying in the aftermath of, oh, you can't judge all of the people there by the actions of a few. They're doing the same thing about people who literally tried to overthrow the government. Mm. And for the record, this is not the first time that a crew of white supremacists has fought the federal government in the right. history of this nation. It's the the third or fourth time off the top of my head that I can think of. <laughs> but sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. Yeah, no, I think it's <laughs> it's helpful to, to give the context. And the false equivalency, with the Black Lives Matter uh, oh, <laughs> man, um, man. protests and then um, white supremacists under the direction of our president. Of the president of the United, United States. States. Oh my God, is Storm that what he meant when he said stand by? No, so oh. what's what's oh. interesting, I'll say this. Um, if you watch uh, the rally, oh, <laughs> the rally that happened that morning, it's chilling. I mean, because I saw uh, President Trump speak, I saw uh, Junior speak, and I saw Rudy Giuliani speak. 
and they stirred up that whole crowd. Absolutely. I mean, but on day, but days before on Twitter, he was encouraging people. Yes, to show he up was too. encouraging. That. Oh so, no! For yeah, the last was, four years, he said yeah, yeah, time and time again, "They're like, oh, if I don't get my way, there will be people in the streets." He's yeah. <laughs> and so listening to Giuliani said, uh, he said we should have trial by combat. That's what the man said. Well, he can Sir. come. See, he could pull up because yes. I'm ready. <laughs> so, Trump himself so said that he would not so, win with, with weakness. Yeah, yeah. So when you say. That's crazy that we're going to go down the street and tell sitting senators what we think. And then you have consistent inflammatory messages, knowing that there are white supremacists in the crowd. And then Giuliani uses combat language to people who clearly were combat ready. Huh. <laughs> um, I mean, ready. <laughs> I mean, ready, ready. I mean, to the point that people had bombs in their car, so they found bombs too. So I, mm. I, I, I it, it's a mess. It's a whole mess. <laughs> Before Sam, Rob, and myself were podcast co-hosts, we were friends. This podcast grew out of a friendship. And honestly, it's grown into something more of a podcast. It's now a community. You can take part in that community at patreon.com slash three black men, all the way spelled out. And in that community, you'll get early access to episodes, bonus content like writings, videos, even some live conversations that you can take part in. In the event that you'd like to support us but aren't ready to commit to Patreon yet, you can submit a one-time gift via PayPal, where you'll find us at 3blackmenpodcast at gmail.com. However you choose to support, we're thankful that you did. Let's get back to the show. Like if if you if you are okay and then don't see any level of culpability in what he's done, like the gulf between us is so long. I, I had to start blocking people in real life, like not just like on social media. Like, nah, we just can't be cool no more because if you can't hold that responsible, I can't trust your judgment in matters of significance that do affect us. Somebody even tried to tell me, like, oh, like, what if somebody accused your father of murder or rape? And I was like, hold on. Why are you being so ridiculous in this instance? Like, why are you breaking your back to excuse this foolishness? And why why do we know each other? <laughs> yeah. And and another thing, a lot of these people that are going hard for uh, that's not what he meant. They've been saying that for the past four years in increasing measure. So literally for four years and even before that, we have been misunderstood. We've been told that we are not hearing things correctly when it's clear as day for literally four years. Gaslighting. Gaslighting oh, at yeah. its peak. And then so now to literally hear these words in the immediate aftermath is people dying in the Capitol building. And then to hear again well, I mean, it's not what you think. It's not what, okay. So if this is not what we think, then we're not even living on the same planet. Y'all. Mm. That's that's it. That's it. And then, and then the immediate cries for healing and unity that came afterwards, like, wait, 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 we are skipping several steps, concert. What, 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 what are we healing from? Be pacific, please. I mean, I need you to, I need you to. Here's my issue, because when you want to jump to unity, now you're talking about reconciliation. Yeah. And you haven't even acknowledged conviction yet. Uh, right. Say so that, Sam. I say need that. you to it. I need you to be convicted, right, of this foolishness, all of the, the uh, Christian nationalism. Um, and that's the, that inconsistency in the church is really killing me 
because how you gonna act like character don't matter but character matters everywhere else except for anyway but conviction right Mm -hmm. and then we can worry about making uh reconciliation uh, along the way right that ain't immediate that's along the way no i agree with you and let's be clear one you can't be reconciled if you were never together in the first place that's one two um like people jump to christ for unity when it fits their narrative in their timeline we don't do unity we don't do reconciliation until you're right there's the conviction there's the truth telling and then there's the repentance and acts of repentance leading unto restoration reconciliation your point sam so i agree with you and it's in that order we're not mm-hmm. doing unity before truth telling that part. so if you want to so, say hey let's hold hands let's move past this why are you right no that we've done that another time in u.s history brother it's you called, need to wash that blood off your hands first and then we ex- can hold them. exactly it's when you try to free the slaves without truth telling without the conviction you talked about without acts of repentance and we just try to move along did that work what was the fruit of that no it was hundreds of years of strife and the black women and men getting their face kicked in so no we're not doing that yeah literally Literally. so we're not doing that again (laughs) oh there was just a little coup attempt last week what some light just, just a little Unity. insurrection y'all tripping <laughs> stop the finger pointing stop hey, the we went a little cuckoo for cocoa puff yeah. right it's some light it was just a normal wednesday the so line let, let's move along good now <laughs> that's the here's the here's the other the other thing that oh, is it's kind of funny to me and it's, it's not gonna sound pastoral or nothing when i say this so father forgive me but what makes you think we want to be unified with you? Like what the the, the, the arrogance and the vanity of you to just assume that, oh, come on, let's let's come back together. Like, no, stay, stay there for a moment. Cause you don't smell right. Like this, this is not, this is not cool. This is not Gucci. And maybe we need some time apart. Maybe, maybe there's that. <laughs> that's that's excellent pastoral advice. I don't know why people are goofy. When you do something like <laughs> have racists running the show, running through the running through the six, and you also have an attempted overthrow of the government, and you also support someone who's proven to be, um, no, I was about to use some other adjectives, it's problematic. Nasty. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah and, you're right. Let and me, then you, you say, <laughs> then you say, hey, talking about this feels divisive, Oh, then I'm doing my job. You should feel divided because Mm. you're not welcome over here. Mm. In the same sense, if I try to rob Trey's house and he puts up a barrier, I feel divided. I belong there. (laughs) Sir, you don't belong in here. You should feel like an outsider. You should feel alienated. This toxic form of colonizer uh, Christian Christianity and theology has you trying to unify with people who have proven themselves to be demonic and alienating the people who are in the margins who Jesus told us to unify with and to glorify his name. So no, divisiveness is a okay when you're doing the works of darkness. 
You hear me? Like, do, do you hear me? Do, do, do you think it's a coincidence? Do you think Jesus was joking? Do you think he was uh, JK guys when he said that do not think that I came to bring priests but a sword? Like, hold on, we got to take these all these scriptures in context. I don't even believe in yeah. proof texting like that, but hold, did, did, did he not say that for a reason <laughs> when he says that? Like, no, I, exactly. Unity is is dope and i and and community but like y'all know my heart for for building community and and bridging those sorts of gap like y'all know my heart for that but at the same token i'm not interested in cheap unity the, the unity like that that's going to expire as soon as the the warranty is unity or, will not be centered around whiteness it's not gonna happen period. So you're, you're gonna have to Speak. move off of your spot and that look mm. i'm if if you are white and you are listening to this you are going to have to shift some of your positions and that just is what that is and, and it, it sounds direct and straightforward and you might not like it but that just is what that is because you have to understand that some of some of those fundamental christian beliefs that you hold near and dear to your heart are centered around western ideologies that's where supremacy. christian right white supremacy that's where christian nationalism come from and you yeah. got to face those you know you just and that just, that just is what that is Period. Yeah, and I need I need to speak because you I, I like how you said that directly. Like, yo, if you're white, this is what it is. And I know a couple of y'all listening, and some some there might be a couple of haters listening just cause um because of that one goofy who left a one star review. Knowing you just mad, like that's that's <laughs> nonsense. But anyway, but but you hear that and you think professors like, oh, why do black people not have to move? First and foremost, you don't recognize that our life is like moving <laughs> to, off of positions like hold switching. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an actual thing. Secondly, <laughs> this podcast is called Three Black Men. It is what it is. Like you gonna hear us talk on sometime. Um, mm. and and then and then finally, the re we're not saying that oh, you come off of your positions to to meet us at our position. This whole reality that we live in is one of trying to 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 assimilation is a word for a reason, right? Like it's been a lot of our story and our trajectory, whether we want it to be or not. What right. we're saying is unity cannot be us trying to become more like you. No, you have to come up off that because the unity that you're really describing is oppression, it's marginalization. That and that's part. something that like, it, it's, we, it's we, we done with that. Like, it's, and I'm, it's done I'm, glad, I'm glad you clarified that trait because I'm not saying that now you need to assimilate to black culture. That's not what I'm saying at all. Oh, I it's wasn't trying exact, to see no clarification it, at all. You said what you said, bro. Like, well, but I'm saying like, yeah. it, I didn't, I don't want it to be I don't want it to be misconstrued as that because yeah. I wasn't saying that I think what you said is uh sounds to me what I was alluding to like come off of uh the white supremacy angle not not be like black people but just stop for, stop expecting us to assimilate and to embrace yeah. whiteness. Oh, yeah. please don't try to be like black people. That's upsetting me and my homies like <laughs> Truly, seeing that seeing that version of where the money for real without I'm and, homies, by the way. Um, <laughs> so real quick, as we end, I want to give a short uh, nugget of where do you think we go from here? What are your thoughts? Because we're not through even the fallout from these events. So give us a nugget um, for the listeners of where do we go from here? Um. All right, so this this podcast called Three Black Men, Theology, Culture, and the World Around Us. I'm, I'm not going to hit on too much of the theology in this moment because that's how I view the world. But in terms of culture and the world around us, first and foremost, um, there's a big debate going on right now as to whether they're going to invoke the 25th or impeach the president with only 10, 11 days left in his term and what that means and if it's worth all that trouble and everything. I think that that's going to dominate the next at least three weeks of news headlines, like even after inauguration. How do we handle Donald 
Donald Trump. So the immediate answer to the question is where do we go from here? It's trying to figure out how strong of a message we want to send to this man. After that, there's this whole like go of, okay, so Trump got kicked off of Twitter and then dang near every, dang near every other social media platform. People are like, oh, they're censoring conservatives. I'm like, okay, if you need Stop to conserve, if you need to conflate conservatism with like actual sedition, maybe it's, it's time for a reckoning. And I think that's the main thing right here. Like where we go from here is reckoning, truth telling, like saying some 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 people felt away because I recently said publicly that we need like the GOP needs to die. And I'm not a partisan, like I'm not registered with any part of like political party, but from an objective standpoint, I don't see anything redeemable about that party. If you think that there is some conservative ideology worth saving, then y'all need to find a way to repackage that as something else because the GOP leaders, the Republican party, what they stand for, the, the, the Republican National Convention just went and reaffirmed all of Trump's people and reconfirmed their leadership in the party. Like, no, we need to have a national reckoning as to the people that we are currently trusting to work out in our government together. Is this something sustainable or beneficial for this nation as we know it? And also we need to stop this nonsense about us being the leaders of the free world because if the United States saw what the United States was doing in the United States, they would send troops into the United States to restore democracy, right? (laughs) So reckoning is where we at. Yeah, I, yeah, for me, I, I, I'm more concentrated on the theology part. So that's interesting. Um, I, you know, analyzing that there is spiritual formation and theology at work that, uh, that is the underpinnings for Trumpism, right? And um, there's something sick in our nation that spiritually forms uh, people to subscribe to whiteness and white supremacy. It forms their being. It shapes their inner person. It mars their their God given imago day in in the in because white people are beloved of God. I want to say that clearly, beloved of God. Their their culture is beloved of God. White supremacy is toxic. Mm. It it kills everything it touches. And so people shaped in white supremacy grow up with beliefs about the world themselves and about God that are toxic. And then they grow up to be people who storm the Capitol building. Mm. They become people who can shoot into Breonna Taylor's home with no remorse. They become people who can uh, step on George Floyd. And so where do we go from here? It's we need to take a good hard look at spiritual formation that centers around whiteness, community that centers around whiteness. And we need to divest from that. I think that's the real only way forward because what we see at work is discipleship doing its job. The fullness of the the discipleship model in many churches leads to what we saw there. I and you the way that you know that Robert how do you how can you say that they were singing worship songs Ooh. the cross Ooh. was in in the place the the star spangled banner was being sung those people were not antichrist in their mind they were walking out the fullness of their beliefs mm, and wow. so if we don't uh analyze the theological underpinnings that give way to that that are in many of your churches a lot of y'all pastors was there while you planned <laughs> why you, why your, your pastor was in the place um and then had a coffee and read his bible afterwards and saying how great is our god 
And so and if we don't priest, yeah. and came and preached the next Sunday, like, don't we love them? So if we don't divest from that and analyze that, I don't see unity happening in the next hundred years. I don't see uh, I'm so glad that, I went before you, Rob. I'm I'm so glad. Man, so listen, glad. just go ahead and play the music. Cue <laughs> the music out. It's been real, y'all. Three black men. <laughs> but no, really, Sam. No, seriously. Thoughts? Um uh thoughts. So I guess for me culturally, I think a lot has to change. Uh, and that's kind of where I get stuck because I think there's an underappreciation. I think there's a misinterpretation and I think there's a, a, a just a flat out chasm in between how theology and culture, culture intersects. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that's a, a really a lot of what Rob, you just said way better than I'm about to say. Um, uh, but things like, um, so I'm reading this book, uh, we have believed. And one of the things to talk about the, the cultural implications that we still need liberation from are, um, when things are dark or dreary, anything that has to do with black is undesirable. Um, you know, it, a, a black lies is, is worse than a white lie. Yeah. Um, so there, there are things that we still, uh, psychologically as a, as a culture, as, as Americans, as Western culture, and honestly, probably in the world, really, um, that association with, um, not feeling good or, um, being scared with darkness. And so I think that still drives home that my dark skin invokes fear in other people. So y'all have heard the episode and <laughs> um, I'm gonna just say it like, I don't think much much has changed from January 6th. Um, I don't think much has changed from when we recorded the episode. I know that some might say, oh, well, you know, justice has been served. You know, some of these people were found guilty and they got a prison prison sentence that they're actively serving or they're getting ready to start serving. Okay, so here's why I don't care about that, because we have a, a, a we <laughs> I'm trying to I remember this is, you know, we family friendly. Um, we have a person that is running for president has already said that they are entertaining the idea of pardoning those folks on January 6th. Uh, someone who has big ground that people love, right? So, I, like, like I, I'm not really sold on that. But also, I, I say not much has changed. I, I don't know if y'all remember Harvey Lee Atwater <laughs> uh, and his um, controversial remarks on the Southern strategy. Uh, I think everything that's basically taking place right now, um, we as black folk have a saying, we call it playing in our face. And I think a lot of what's going on is just folks is just playing in our face. Um, and, and like just to call a spade a spade, I think a lot of just playing in our face and mockery of like um, black trauma, um, you, you know, black lives, things that, that matter to us. You know, if th we live these lives every day, we wear this skin every single day. We don't have the privilege of playing ignorant or you know playing into or having a stereotype that 
literally will work in our favor um (laughs) just for being like a white male or something like that we don't have that privilege like right like historically we have always been playing from behind we do not have equity still into this day like yes there are people who have who have slipped through the cracks but like we still playing from behind in many many ways right so I, I just want to say that I don't think much has changed from January 6th. I think there are still and a lot of people who really believe um, that Trump won the election or uh, somehow J- January 6th was justified or or whatever. And, and the, the, I mentioned Harvey Lee Atwater, the, the, the language just changes Right. Like, I don't know if you've never listened to his interview. Um, It was like republished back in like 2012 in an article from, I think, Nation. I don't know. Some periodical um, published it, but you can find it on YouTube. Just just search um, Lee Atwater Southern Strategies if you haven't. And he talks about how the language changes, but everybody knows what they're saying. And the crazy thing is that, like. The, the same gentleman that's running for president is doing just that. He He's doing that. He's using language and taking words that actually mean something different and playing on the ignorance of everyday folks that he knows is going to go for it because he has an education because he has is, is what's considered an educated white man. And, they, and, and folks believe him. Right. Folks believe him because they play on they fear monger. They play on fears. Oh, they're they're going to indoctrinate your kids. Right. They're going to they want to take your guns away from you. Uh, they, 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 they they just crazy things. And that's why I say I just think it, it, it's, it's just more the same. man. I think uh, there's a lot of playing in our face going on. We appreciate you rocking with us for another episode of Three Black Men. Here's the part of the show where we ask a favor from you. Now, earlier I mentioned a couple of ways that you can support us by joining our community over at patreon.com slash three black men. We have multi-tiered support options and you can get bonus content. If you don't want to do that, you can submit a one-time contribution by finding us on PayPal at three black men podcast at gmail.com. But we ain't here to tap your pockets. Here's a few ways that you can help us out without spending a single dime. You can stop what you're doing right here, right now, and make sure that you've left us a review and a rating. Don't just give us the five stars. Go ahead and write out how much you love this show and tell everybody about it. Do it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you at. Make sure you leave that rating and a review, and that's going to help even more people join the fun over here. Thank you so much. I knew God loved you for some reason. Thank you.